This message is brought to you by the Tabernacle Baptist Church in Hickory, North Carolina. If you'd like to learn more about our ministries, we encourage you to visit us online at tabernaclehickory.org. That's tabernaclehickory.org. You can find our sermons on a number of platforms, including Apple iTunes, YouTube, and Sermon Audio. We trust that God will use this message to speak to your heart. I'd like for you to take God's Word and go into the New Testament. And if you would find with me, please, the gospel according to Mark, chapter number 1. And we're going to begin in verse number 40. The gospel according to Mark, chapter number 1, and verse number 40. The Lord Jesus Christ is in the midst of his Galilean ministry. And as we saw this morning, he was a man with a message. And his message was marked by clarity, it was marked by conviction, and it was marked by confrontation. And the devils opposed him. And uh, those demons cried out, not only in opposition to him, but acknowledgement of his person because of their fear and their dread of the impending judgment. And uh, they wondered, had he come, to execute that judgment upon them at that time. That is a judgment that is coming to them. And not only is it coming to them, but it is coming to all those who reject the Lord Jesus Christ to spend an eternity in a place called hell, a place of suffering. And we see his message, and then we saw his ministry, how he ministered to the people. The Lord Jesus is portrayed in the Gospel according to Mark as the servant And he is ministering to the people, healing them of their diseases and their sicknesses and delivering them from the demons that possessed them. And then we saw his mission as he embarked further upon his mission to go into other towns in Galilee to preach the gospel. And now we come to verse number 40 and we find that the Lord Jesus Christ has carried on with that mission in Galilee and there comes to him a man who is a leper. Uh, Let's begin reading in verse number 40. And there came a leper to him, beseeching him and kneeling down to him and saying unto him, If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And Jesus, moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him. And saith unto him, I will be thou clean. And as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him, and he was cleansed. And he straightly charged him forthwith, sent him away, and saith unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But he went out and began to publish it much. And to blaze abroad the matter, insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places, and they came to him from every quarter. I want to speak to you this evening on this subject when the leper came to the Lord. When the leper came to the Lord. 
And we find that this leper uh, did something that was in that day very unusual. He approached the Lord Jesus. And the Lord Jesus Christ answered his cry and healed him. And he demonstrated by his power to heal that he was the son of God. We find that the Lord Jesus Christ did not perform miracles simply uh, for the curiosity of the people. He, he wasn't a sideshow performer. But his miracles were performed to validate his message. Uh, as we read through the New Testament, we find that in those days many had come claiming to be the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. But none had come in power as he came. None came and taught with authority as he taught, and none came and performed the miracles that he performed. And as Nicodemus said, when we see what you have done, we understand that you're a man who has come from God. For no man doeth the miracles that thou doest except God be with him. And of course we understand that not only do we see that God was with him, but he was God. And John said he was with God and that he was God. The same was in the beginning with him. And so we see that these miracles that are performed and recorded in the gospel records are there to validate the message of Christ. They did not record, obviously, every miracle. John said the world could not contain the books. If we wrote about all of the acts of Jesus and all the things that Jesus did, there wouldn't be a library on earth big enough to hold all these books. And so we find here the record that the Holy Spirit inspired for us of the works of the Lord Jesus. And we understand that while he lived upon the earth during his earthly life and ministry, his presence was uh, felt and seen throughout all of Israel. For example, if we read through the gospel records and just the miracles that he did perform, we find that essentially the Lord Jesus Christ eliminated sickness and demonic possession from all Israel. Now, I want to tell you that would not have been a good time to be a doctor. It wouldn't have been good for business to have Jesus there, would it? Nobody needed treatment. It wouldn't have been a good time to be a psychologist or to be a therapist or to be a pharmacist. Why? Because the one who formed man's body was on the scene and he was healing those broken bodies. And so as we examine this passage, we're going to see uh, this leper who came to the Lord. And I want you to note some things with me. We'll look at them. Uh, we'll look first of all at the corruption of leprosy. And then we'll look at the confession of the leper. And then we'll note the compassion of the Lord. And then finally we'll see the cleansing of the leper. And so I hope you'll write some things down with me and let's follow along and look together in the word of God. As we see, first of all, the corruption of leprosy. The corruption of leprosy. And leprosy, of course, is not a disease that uh, is something that is pervasive by any means in our country. But it is something that still exists, and many people throughout the world uh, still deal with it. I, I remember meeting Tommy Tillman, who's a missionary in Asia, and he 
ministers to those especially who have leprosy. And he, he eats with them. He, he goes into their home and he ministers uh, to lepers in Thailand and uh, in the Asian world. And he's shown pictures of, of these uh, poor lepers that he has ministered to. And, and God has protected him from uh, that disease. And, and God has used him to uh, preach the love of Christ to those dear people. But it is something that most of us are not acquainted with. And as we come to this passage, we'll find that this man is a leper. And uh, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 5 that he was a man who was full of leprosy. That means he was fully covered. It was obvious and apparent that this man had leprosy. And he apparently had it for some time to the degree that it was all over his body as some would say from head to toe. He was fully covered. The word leprosy itself means scale and it refers to the scaly appearance of the leper's skins or skin rather. There were various forms of leprosy which affected people during the Bible times and of course we read about this in uh, the law of Moses and uh, the different forms of leprosy and how they were treated and and uh, how that people were cleansed from those uh, forms of leprosy. But this man had a very severe form of leprosy that was not treatable, there was no cure, and it was very contagious. Uh, writers who uh, speak about this tell us that the symptoms of leprosy included a spongy tumor-like swelling or swellings that appeared on the face and the body. As the bacteria became systemic, it began to affect the internal organs while causing the bones to deteriorate. It also weakened the immune system, making lepers susceptible uh, to other diseases. It began with a pain in the body and it quickly became a numbness of the extremities. That numbness caused the leper to no longer have the sensation of feeling often in his hands, his feet, his fingers, his toes, and up throughout his limbs, eventually losing sensation of feeling. Uh, many who have seen leprous people in different parts of the world have noted that it is not uncommon to see a leper stick his hand in the fire and grab hold of a coal because he does not feel a sensation of pain. He is numb. Rodents find their way into lepers' colonies and they will chew on the fingers and the toes of lepers and they will not feel it through the night as they sleep because of the numbness of the pain. Doctors in those regions will send their patients home with a cat to protect them because they lose this sensation and the skin deteriorates and it breaks down and it rots their flesh. There's a disfigurement 
And there is also a very foul odor that accompanies leprosy. It's a dreadful sickness. A dreadful sickness. And this dreadful sickness causes separation. I want you to go with me into the book of Leviticus, if you would. Because we find in Leviticus chapter number 13 what the Lord says concerning the leprous man. It was a dreadful thing to be diagnosed with leprosy. It was a dreadful disease. It was a painful disease, a debilitating disease, and a deadly disease. But we find there's something even worse that accompanies it. Not only the sickness, but the separation that comes. In verse 44, it speaks of the leprous man, and the Bible says he is unclean. The priest shall pronounce him utterly unclean. His plague is in his head. And the leper in whom the plague is, his clothes shall be rent and his head bare, and he shall put a covering upon his upper lip and shall cry unclean, unclean. All the days wherein the plague shall be in him, he shall be defiled. He is unclean. Notice, if you would, the words here. He shall dwell alone without the camp shall his habitation be. So when you're diagnosed with leprosy as this man was, not only do you have this dreadful disease, this debilitating, deadly disease, but now you are separated. And who are you separated from? Well, you're separated from your family. Uh, this disease was a disease that was highly contagious. <coughs> it was transmitted by the touch and it was transmitted through the air. A leper could get no closer than within six feet of another person unless that person had leprosy. If it was a windy day, he was not to get within 150 feet or 100 cubits of another person. And the Bible tells us here that God said he is unclean and that he is going to live without the camp. He's going to live separated from his family, from his friends. He's going to live in isolation. There were leper colonies in those days and lepers would congregate together and they would dwell together and, and live together. And one of the problems that... Uh, this dreadful disease caused uh, was that it caused the immune system to break down and lepers were susceptible to other diseases. And here you have a group of lepers living together with all of this susceptibility to disease and no doubt disease being spread throughout that colony. And they're separated from those they love. And they cannot go into the temple to worship God. They are alienated and they are estranged from their own people, from their own family, and they cannot worship and approach God. You see the corruption of leprosy. It's from head to toe. And here's the man who came to the Lord Jesus and he came to him in all of the fullness of 
of his corruption. Then I want you to note, secondly, not only do we see the corruption of the leper, but we see the cry of the leper. Notice, if you would, please, in verse 40, and there came a leper to him, beseeching him, calling on him, and kneeling down to him, and saying unto him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. Here is this leper desperate for healing and for hope. And so he does what no other leper would dare ever do. He boldly comes into the presence of the Lord. Now, I don't know how he got there. I don't know if he had to press through the crowd. But if he did, as he approached, he would have had to cry out to them, unclean. And no doubt they would have recognized by the clothes that he wore and by the smell of the man that he was a leper. And not wanting to be exposed, they definitely would have split, moved away, made room for this man to get his way to Jesus. And that's exactly the place he needed to go. And Luke tells us in Luke 5 and verse 12 that the man fell on his face and when he spoke to Jesus, he called him Lord. He called him Lord. And we find here that this man, when he cries out to Jesus, he understands who it is that he's crying out to. Uh, first of all, I want you to see in this cry, there is a confession of his own condition. Now, it was obvious, wasn't it? But yet there is a confession of his condition. He is coming to the Lord, he's kneeling to him, and he's saying to him, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. The very fact that he asked the Lord to make him clean is a confession that he is altogether corrupt. Kent Hughes in his commentary writes these words. He says, the nature of leprosy with its insidious beginnings, its slow progress, its destructive power, and the ultimate ruin it brings makes it a powerful symbol of moral depravity. If we see ourselves with spiritual eyes, we see that apart from the work of Christ, we would be decaying forms of walking death. Do you remember what the Lord said to Adam in the garden? He said, the day you eat of this fruit, you shall surely die. And when he, when he took that fruit and he put it in his hand and he tasted it, his eyes were open. He knew immediately that he was naked. His fellowship with God was no longer what it once was. And when he heard the Lord coming uh, into the garden, he hid from the Lord. Why did he do that? Because when he took that fruit, his spirit died immediately. He became a man who was a dead man without the life of God, without the light of God any longer illuminating his soul. He was a lost man, a dead man, a sinful man. The Bible tells us that the wages of sin is death. And when we come to Jesus, we have to come confessing to him who it is that we are. We are sinners without hope. Sinners who deserve judgment. Sinners who deserve death. And we must come to God on those terms. And Martin Lloyd-Jones said, if you do not come to God on those terms, then you have not come to God 
and been regenerated. We must confess who we are. And so he confessed who he was. A corrupt man, debilitated and dying with a dreadful disease. And that's who we are. Corrupt men, debilitated and dying with a dreadful disease called sin. And it is in the bloodstream of all of humanity. You can dress it up. You can live by a moral code. You can do everything you want to do. You can tell yourself you're okay. But let me tell you who you really are. Let me tell you who I really am. I'm a sinner. And unless I come to Jesus and I acknowledge that sinfulness, I'll never be saved. Are you willing to come to him? He confessed who he was. But not only did he confess who he was, he confessed that Jesus was able to heal him. You see, it's one thing to know who we are. It's another thing to know who can fix it. Now, I want you to know there wasn't a doctor in Israel who could help this man. They wouldn't even see him. If he tried to get an appointment, he couldn't. The priests offered him no hope. There was no social program to help him. There was no other place for him to go but to come to Jesus. And notice what he said about Jesus. Look in verse 40. If thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. How did he know that? How did he know that Jesus was the one who could make him clean? Well, there's no doubt he'd heard the message, right? The reports were going around throughout all Galilee. Jesus is healing people of their diseases. He is casting out devils. People who were sick are restored. They're restored completely. They're restored immediately. And they're healed. And the message got to the leper. And the leper came to Jesus. And he cried out to him. He said, I'm a leper. I'm utterly corrupt. But you can make me clean. If you will. I'm glad to report to you what Jesus said. You see it in verse 41. And Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, say those next two words with me. I will. Aren't you glad that when you come to Jesus and you say, Lord, are you willing to forgive me? He says, I will. Lord Jesus, are you willing to take me and receive me? He says, I will. He said, well, you don't know what I've done, Lord Jesus. He said, oh, yes, I do. <laughs> and I will. I will. Jesus said in, in John chapter number six, all that the Father gives to him will come to him. And he said, all that cometh to me, I will in no wise cast out. In other words, this is what he says. If you're willing to come to him, he is willing to receive you. Peter wrote these words in 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse number 9. And he said that Jesus is not willing that any should perish. Aren't you glad to know that? On the authority of the word of God, it is not the will of God that anyone go to hell. He is not willing that any should perish. But that all 
should come to repentance. Do you know what God's will is? That every person would come to know him as their savior. That is his desire, that is his will, and he extends the offer of salvation to whosoever will. The Bible said, for whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And so the, to the delight of this leprous man who cried, and to the sinner who will cry, Jesus says, I will. The cry of the leper. Has that been your cry? Have you seen yourself corrupt and have you cried out to Jesus? I want you to notice a third thing here. Not only do we see uh, the cry of the leper and of course the corruption of leprosy, but I want you to see the compassion of the Lord. Notice again in verse 41. And Jesus, note the next three words, moved with compassion. put forth his hand and touched him and saith unto him, I will be thou clean. After seeing this man in his despair, in his loneliness, as this disease was literally rotting his flesh, after hearing him cry out, the Bible says the Lord Jesus was moved with compassion. Aren't you glad that we have a Savior who looks upon you and I, sees us for who we are, and He still loves us, and He has compassion for us? You know what happens to Christians and church members, I think, sometimes? We lose our compassion for a lost and dying world. We see people struggling and dealing with difficulties and we begin to wonder, when are they going to shape up? When are they going to get this thing together? I get that way as a pastor. I have to admit, admit that to you and confess that to you. But you know, then God allows you to go through some things, doesn't he? He allows you to come face to face with your own dreadful condition. And you know what happens? You're not as hard on the next guy as you used to be. Because you begin to see yourself for who you really are. That corrupt sinner. But here's one who's not corrupt. But he's full of compassion. The Bible said when Jesus saw the multitude, he, was, he had compassion on them. The Bible says he wept over the city of Jerusalem and he cried over them. And he said, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, how oft would I have giving you repentance. He said, I would have gathered you together as a, as a mother doth gather her chicks. A mother hen does gather her chicks. You see, the heart of Jesus is a heart of compassion. And as he looked at this leper, he knew all about him. He knew about his family. He knew about his life. He knew about his children, his wife, his parents, his brothers and sisters. He knew about his work and all that he did and all the hopes and all the dreams that he had that are now shattered because of this dreadful disease. He knew about the isolation and the loneliness. He knew about the pain. He knew about the despair. He knew about the dreadful condition in that leper colony. And the Bible said he was moved with compassion. 
The Bible tells us that we have a high priest, the Lord Jesus, who has passed into the heavens for us. And the Bible uses this language. It says, we have not a high priest who cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities. Aren't you glad that before Jesus ever touched this man, this man touched Jesus? And he was moved with compassion. And I want you to know Jesus is moved with compassion for you. And then Jesus did something that was just socially unacceptable and beyond the norm, of course, he touched him. Notice again here in, in verse number 41, and Jesus moved with compassion, put forth his hand, and he touched him. And the word touched here does not just mean that he simply touched him for a moment or just barely brushed him or tapped him on the shoulder as you might think somebody might do, but he held him. He, he touched him and he held him, this leprous man. Now, I'm wondering what those disciples were thinking. What are you doing? Don't you understand you can't do that? You don't want to get leprosy. But the Lord Jesus touched him. And by touching him, what does he do? He identifies with him. And he expresses love to him. I don't know how long that man had been diagnosed, but we can imagine it had been quite a long time. He's fully covered in leprosy. I wonder when he had last felt the touch of anyone. I read in preparation for this message about a man who was so lonely, he went to his barber every week just so that he would experience the touch of another human. When I'm with my family, we're, we're a touchy-feely bunch. We like to hug. Little Bennett, he's getting hugged a lot. Our grandson. My kids have been hugged a lot. And my wife gets hugged a lot. We, we like to embrace. We, we like to touch each other. What does that do? It sends signals of comfort. It, it sends signals of love. Jesus touched this man. He was encouraged. He was comforted. He, he sensed the compassion of the Lord Jesus in this touch. And Jesus, by it, not only was identifying with him, but he was demonstrating his power over sin and death. You see, that, that uh, leprosy couldn't touch Jesus. But Jesus could touch that leprosy, couldn't he? And so we see his compassion. What was it that moved Jesus to go to the cross? To suffer and bleed and die for you and I. To be willing to drink that cup of sin in the garden. To yield and submit himself to become obedient under the cross or obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. What was it? It was his compassion. To allow himself to be made sin for us, though he knew no sin. You see, he was willing to touch you and I in the 
defilement and the dirtiness and the death of our sin, Jesus was moved with compassion. May God help us as his people not to lose compassion for lost sinners. Not to lose compassion for struggling saints. May God help us to be compassionate people. We see the compassion of the Lord and then we see finally the cleansing of the leper. The Bible says in verse 42, and as soon as he had spoken, immediately the leprosy departed from him and he was cleansed. Now, I can only imagine that maybe this man, maybe his ear was eaten off. It's not uncommon for a leper to lose his nose, to be missing fingers, to have his hands bound in rags, to keep what he has left on him together. But once Jesus spoke the word, he was healed. He was cleansed. Whatever damage that leprosy had done internally in his organs. It was gone. Maybe his intestines weren't functioning. Maybe his liver hadn't functioned or perhaps his lungs were not functioning because of this dreadful disease. But all at once, at the word of Jesus, at the word of Jesus, his body was made clean. He was fully healthy, completely whole. In just a moment, there was no physical therapy. There was no prescriptions to follow. There was no treatment that was needed. Jesus healed the man and he cleansed him of this dreadful disease. And do you know that the moment that you and I confess our sin to Jesus, he is faithful and just to cleanse us of our sin. He forgives us. And he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. The cleansing of the leper. Now notice what the Lord tells him in verse 43. And he straightly charged him and forthwith sent him away and said unto him, See thou say nothing to any man, but go thy way, but go thy way show thyself to the priest, and offer for thy cleansing those things which Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. Now what Moses commanded is that a man would go uh, to the tabernacle at this point now, to the temple, and he would show himself to the priest. And there was a period of waiting where the priest would observe this man's condition. And after a certain time of waiting, a period of days, the priest would pronounce him clean and he would offer a sacrifice unto the Lord. And what the Lord Jesus commanded this man to do was to be obedient to the law and to go to the temple and to do the very thing that God had told him to do. Now, I don't know if he ever made it to the temple. The Bible doesn't tell us that. But he told him to do that and he told him very plainly, he said um, that in, in, in verse number 44, he said, go see thou say nothing to any man. So here's what the man was to do. He wasn't to say a word. He was to go straight to the temple, show himself to the priest, go through the procedure, the days of waiting, and once he had been pronounced clean, offer the sacrifice, 
And then he'd be able to go see his family, see his friends, and everybody would know. But especially those priests in that temple would see. And there's no doubt they would ask, what happened? And there's no doubt that he would tell them, Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of God, healed me. But the man didn't do that. Notice what he did, verse 45. But he went out and he began to publish it much and to blaze abroad the matter insomuch that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city. Isn't it amazing? Jesus tells us to go out and preach the gospel to every creature. And we go out and don't say a word to anybody. He tells this guy, don't say a word to anybody. And what does he do? He goes out and tells everybody. And so he does that. What should he have done? He should have obeyed the Lord. But in this matter, he didn't. But I want you to see something. The Bible said that as he began to blaze this thing abroad, as people began to hear it, the crowds became so intense Verse 45, that Jesus could no more openly enter into the city, but was without in desert places. Now, when we begin this record of this miracle, we found a man who was without, who made his way to Jesus who was within. But as we close this chapter, we find that the man who was without has been made clean and he's been brought in. And the one who brought him in is now without in the desert places. Let me read a quote to you if I could. The account of the leper thus provides a wonderful metaphor for what Jesus did at the cross. As sinners, believers were once spiritual lepers who lived in alienation and isolation from God. God provided the way of salvation through his son, Jesus Christ. In order to accomplish that plan of redemption, the son left the presence of God and went into isolation. On the cross, he was forsaken. He was rejected by men and forsaken by the Father. Yet, because he was treated as an outcast, believers have been accepted and welcomed into the presence of God. Aren't you glad that the Lord Jesus went without the camp bearing our reproach and our sin, forsaken of men and of his Father, so that you and I could be received into his glorious kingdom. We have a wonderful Savior, don't we? And you see, we find here when the leper came to the Lord, we see a pattern of how you and I came to the Lord and how others can come to Jesus.
And I'm glad that we come to him and when we say, if thou wilt, he's always willing to say, I will. Thank you for listening to this message from Tabernacle Baptist Church. We pray that God has used his word to speak to your heart today. If you'd like to learn more about the ministries of Tabernacle Baptist Church, you can go to our website, tabernaclehickory.org. That is tabernaclehickory.org. There you'll find additional resources that we pray God will use to be a help to you. If the Lord should lead you to partner with us or make a donation online, you'll find a link provided on the website at tabernaclehickory.org. May God bless you and thank you for listening.